This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. You're listening to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Support for Husker CuzCast comes from Manscaped. The best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BIGHEADS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use code BIGHEADS. Welcome to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Justin here along with Derek. Tyler's out this week, so we upgraded. Joined with us now is Brandon Kavanaugh. Nebraska and Big Ten sports writer for Athlon Sports. You know him as at Eight Laces on Twitter. Welcome, Brandon. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. And what a great time. Early signing day. So you get yourself a five-star prospect. No, I'm just kidding. I'd be more of a three-star with five heart. You know what I'm talking about? Something like that. Definitely me. But yeah, hey, thanks for the plug. Um, I got to say, I'm really excited, you guys. Thanks for letting me come on here. I'm going to be starting a brand new podcast called Locked On Huskers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. If you guys want to check it out, I really appreciate it. You can get all the news you need regarding that at Locked On Huskers on Twitter as well. And if you guys want to check out my Athlon stuff, by the way, you can visit that at www.8laces.com. Awesome. All I'll right, let's sure talk. To, I'll be about sure it. to get on there to steal some information to put on our show. Absolutely, by all means. <laughs> All right. It was a very exciting uh, early signing day today. Scott Frost and staff, they put together a hell of a class for this uh, for 2020. And it wasn't looking that way a couple weeks ago. But this recruiting class is now sitting at number 20, according to 24-7 Sports and 17 on Rivals. Um, unlike other years, there's a lot of drama and surprises today. Right, Brandon? Oh, my goodness. I did not know when I sat down today that I would be watching – a young man so emotional in, in Jaden Francois in Miami real quick, the story, if you haven't seen it, which by now I'm sure you have sits down at a table, gets, gets a phone call, gets real emotional, gets up, walks out into the hallway, comes back, gets another phone call, gets up, walks out in the hallway. And at this point, did you guys have any idea what was going on? Cause I sure didn't. None, not one. Twitter didn't know either. (laughs) <laughs> Twitter didn't know, but after it went down, of course, there were the reports that a either Miami, either the Miami coaches or a Miami writer or somebody. I saw a Miami writer reported it, but word that allegedly the Miami coaches informed Jaden that Travis Fisher, his his position coach and the gentleman who's recruiting him, would be leaving. So interestingly enough, when he committed to Nebraska, Travis Fisher tweets out, "Man." I look forward to coaching these young men for the next four to five years. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Thanks, Hurricanes. And wow, the salt did flow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was crazy. Hopefully, I've never hopefully seen anything like that. them in a bowl game sometime then. Huh? You know, it would sure be nice if there was a series within the next four years, give or take. But alas, just going to have to make do with our Big 12 Bay in Oklahoma. All right, Brandon, uh, what about any surprises out of this uh, signing day today? I was not overly surprised by anything, honestly. A lot of what happened, I expected. Caden Johnson going to Wisconsin, I can't say I'm overly uh, surprised by that at all. I thought he would eventually, I thought he would eventually come to Nebraska, but I'm not really shocked 
largely because of Wisconsin's um, long tradition of having great linebackers. It doesn't shock me at all. So, and, and Miles Flesher was another one. Didn't feel that he would stick with Oregon. Didn't feel he would stick with that uh, that Oregon commit. Steve Woltfong from 24-7 uh, Sports Network had him on flip watch about midday. And at that point, it was, where is he going to flip to? Is it going to be Nebraska? Is it going to be Arkansas? Obviously, it was Arkansas. Would have been a good get. He's a tremendous athlete. But, hey, go Hogs. You got a good one in, uh, in Miles Luster. Absolutely. Derek, any surprises for you? Uh, quite a few, really. Uh, my first one is my lack of knowledge with recruiting. I like to think I pay a lot of attention to this stuff, but I just don't understand. We get ten four stars in this class, most we've ever had since they've been paying it, since they've been tracking it. What back in like two thousand, two thousand one, and yet we're still three spots slower than last year, according to twenty four seven and Rivals and ESPN. <laughs> And somehow our ranking per player is just slightly lower than last year's. But we have more four-stars. So it's it's all confusing to me, I guess. Uh, I, I get we probably have some lower-rated stars at the bottom that we didn't have last year. That probably hurt us a little bit. Uh, I think we have some really good kids throughout this class, though. Uh, everybody take the fact that I, I believe it's Riles has us tied 17th with uh, Oklahoma. Yeah. Let's not forget where they're at right now. So, so for all these people who think you can't start winning with these top fit, top twenty classes, uh, look again because they're doing it. And the interesting not- thing too, and Scott mentioned this a little bit earlier today. Uh, Coach Frost mentioned that this was really their second year where they had a full year because that first transition uh, season, that first transition recruiting period, they had all three weeks to put that together, and that was the one, of course, that Adrian was a part of, and so on and so forth. So when you look at last year's, this year's, they're starting a solid role in average of guys. Well, in that first class, and you have to blame Frost for this a little bit. I, 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 I love him for what he does, but sticking with UCF and playing it and, and playing in that bowl game hurt him slightly in the in the recruiting process as well. It did, so, but I'll tell you, so, I so some of that's on him that. too. Right? Like, it is. But at the end of the day, we still ended up with some good athletes out of that class. It's kind of fizzled out with a lot of them transferring out or being kicked out for crimes we don't want to talk about on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, there's still the Maurice Washington thing in the air where Frost says he's going to talk to him. And I don't know what that's that what that even means anymore at this point. Uh I have a question. The, the other surprise guys. I had was in, in the post game conference uh, or the post co- post whatever conference that Scott Frost had today, and he, he was talking about uh, Adrian Martinez having a surgery after the season was over. Oh that yes, uh, he, had had some, uh, he had had some he had had some some shoulder issues. I know there were a number of guys that had some uh, some surgical procedures going on. Apparently, um, I am curious though. Scott talked about. Talking to Maurice Washington, which no doubt when folks are listening to this will know what that actually means. But assuming that comes down to, okay, we need you to do X if you want to be part of the program, because obviously we have no idea what he has been up to. We have no idea what has been asked of him or anything like that. But if it came down to it, guys, I'm curious of what you would say to this. If we're looking at this from a recruit standpoint and Mo is essentially on the table, is he a take for you? Ooh. I 
Honestly, I've stuck up for this guy way longer than anybody else on this podcast and probably a lot more than Husker Nation, period. And I'm even to the point to where I'm like, good riddance. If he wants to leave, let him go somewhere else. And if, if another school wants to take a chance on him, uh, I, I, don't, I, I almost think you'd have to, he'd have to go JUCO at this point. The, the real shame of this is, I mean, he was an incredible talent out there. And it's just, it's a waste. It's a complete waste. Uh, so, you know, I hope he gets his head screwed back onto his shoulders the right way and gets his life together because he had a really good thing going here. You know, Scott Frost put a lot of faith into him, gave him probably more chances than anybody else would have, I would think. So I I don't know, Brandon. That's a good question. I don't know. Uh, I'm, I, I, guess, I guess I'm with Derek, you know, just let him let him go. Start some uh, start over somewhere fresh, really. I think that'd be best for both parties. What do you think, Brandon? My opinion on this, you know, I've thought about it quite a bit. And if Mo is to be part of the team again, I think something that may help him in this situation, because obviously he's had a very troubled past. He's had a hard road. I get it. I respect that. But I'm not sure how much of a team player Mo Washington is right now. So that's the kind of thing where I have to wonder how do you help him become a team player if you, in fact, want him to be a team player? Do you have him do something like work with student managers to carry equipment, do laundry, stuff like that? Do you put him in the at the real epicenter and, and at the very foundation of the program where all the behind-the-scenes stuff goes, whether it's helping with the training table or, like I say, helping with laundry or pads or helmets and stuff like that, and then – you know, just I know that sounds a little maybe outlandish even, but stuff like that to help a person appreciate, hey, you know what? You get all this great stuff. Here's where it comes from. And here are the people who put in the thankless work behind the scenes. So mm-hmm. just pitching that I'm not a genius. I have nothing resembling a degree in psychology. Just something that came to mind one day when I was daydreaming about this very scenario. Right. I, hey, Brandon, I just want to kind of back up and kind of get the backup alarm going here a little bit. But Oh, uh, goodness. I'm sorry. <laughs> we, you, you were talking about Caden Johnson heading yes. to uh, Wisconsin. Yes. Now, I had two people at work today come and ask me if I had heard the rumor that the staff moved on from him. And then I got on Twitter and seen some people talking about it on Twitter, too. Have you heard anything that might that maybe the staff decided that they had enough linebackers and – this four star wasn't you know, it wasn't really needed anymore. Um, considering the need at linebacker that Nebraska currently has, that would be surprising if that happened. I mean, obviously, I'm not in Coach Frost's head, but at the same time, um, I I mean, I haven't heard anything. If that's your direct question, I I hadn't heard anything directly. Okay. Yeah, I, everything I've heard is rumor, and you know how they like to. Fly, Isn't that so. always the case, though? Sure. Isn't that always the case? But no, I haven't. Uh, I didn't hear hear that, but I believe that it's out there. Hey, Brandon, who are two of your favorite recruits out of this 2020 signing class? Oh, I'm surprised you're only giving me two. I actually, it's funny you mentioned this. I just in case you asked me for like five, I had narrowed down to like three. Is it okay if I do three? Because I've got uh, three solid ones. All right, let's hear three. Okay. First one, of course, this is going to come as absolutely no surprise, is Omar Manning. I mean, this dude out of Kilgore Junior College, 6'4", 225, big-bodied guy, the likes of which we haven't probably seen since Maurice Purified coming around in Lincoln. 
this guy's a day one starter. He can come in and be such a huge threat alongside the likes of Wondale Robinson and J.D. Spielman. It's nuts. They haven't had, I mean, the fabled big-bodied receiver has been just that. It had been fabled around Nebraska for so long. How long has it been since the Huskers have had a guy like this? Has it been Mo Purify? I think was the last time they had a guy like this. But uh, the second one i say would be Keyshawn Green. When Guys, when you can get an outside linebacker, one of the fastest outside linebackers from the state of Florida, yeah, I'd say that's a pretty solid day. And, of course, he is a four-star to boot. I love his measurables. 6'3", 195. He's got a great frame. You can put – I mean, I think he can go out there and play his four games easily. I think – He's a, I think he has the possibility to go out there and maybe even sneak in a little bit more, kind of like a Garrett Nelson type in terms of what Garrett did in terms of snaps. But I love what he brings to the table just in terms of raw physicality. And then keeping on the outside linebacker train, Blaze Gunnerson, local boy, Carroll, Iowa, and this kid, 6'5", 250, early enrollee. I mean, what about that is there to hate? And by the way, just for the all-name team, for Darius Payne, I don't know what happens to him, but I love it up and down. That is a, that's a different name for sure. That's going to be fun to say over the next four years. Uh, Derek, who, who are some of your favorite recruits out of this class? Uh, well, well, I can't disagree with Brandon here. He had some really solid uh, guys there. Omar Manning did, makes a huge difference. I think if Adrian Martinez or any of our quarterbacks last year had a big body receiver like him to really focus on a little bit more. It could have opened up a lot of other receivers, uh, but I, but I'm gonna go with uh, the running backs. I mean, I'll suck all since you want me to stick with one. I'll do with a Sevian Morrison, and I, and I, what I love about these guys, they're not tall guys, but you don't need a running back that's gonna be tall. But they're they're heavier guys. They're both sitting at about 200 pounds, so they're gonna be a little bit more bruisers. And that was something that I think we were all concerned that Frost would go after. We didn't know if he would. And now he's picking two of them up in this class. And at Sevian Morrison, if you had a chance, go watch his highlights because that kid is quick and strong. Okay, he is all, all everything in one body that you want. Uh, defensively, uh, I'm going to go with the, the guy. I can't say his name, so I'm just going to say his last name in Clements because I have no clue how to say the rest <laughs> bah, of that. You like bah. Bah, no, <laughs> no, uh, Ateva uh, Clements. Yes, yes. I, I've watched his his huddle videos, and I, and I get it. You can you can watch huddle videos, and you can make anybody look pretty solid. But man, that's another kid. He is fast. He makes strong tackles. He's tackling at the hips. He's not diving at the feet. He's not trying to knock people down by just being a sturdy linebacker. I mean, he's actually wrapping up at the at the hips and taking guys down. Uh, he's got good solid technique. He's he's going to be a playmaker, I think, from day one. Nice, yeah. I'm surprised neither of you uh, mentioned Turner Corcoran, you know? I mean, the, he's going to be the future of the O-line, right? Oh, absolutely. But yeah, that's I, the problem. He's going to be the future. I don't think you're going to anticipate. I mean, he's a great get, don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. But I, I don't expect to see him for another year or two. Well, and good news there, too. Another early enrollee. You know, great to get in right off the bat, get into that Zach Duvall strength and conditioning program, get into proper nutrition with Dave Ellis. Yeah, no, he is a an amazing get. I guess, to be fair, when I was looking at these guys, I said, okay, 
who is a day one guy? Who's a guy that's going to see time? And of course, with as much talent as Nebraska has needed across the board at linebacker, Keyshawn Green and Blaze Gunnerson just stuck out like sore thumbs. And of course, again, Gunnerson's a local boy. Omar, well, his his highlight reel says it all. But ultimately, I think you will see, you know, when when push comes to shove here, and it, it's about uh, it's about minutes and kickoff comes. I think you're going to see Manning out there quite a bit, and I think you're going to see uh, whoever is at quarterback, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, um, throwing to him quite often. All right. All right. Uh, Brandon, did Nebraska meet all their needs with this class? I feel that they did a great job at meeting their needs. I mean, they badly needed linebacker talent. They got that. They badly needed uh, some solid wide receivers in addition to what they had. They got that. They addressed the offensive line. They addressed and very well. They Travis Fisher, by the way, again, I don't, you know, round of applause on this end to Travis Fisher for everything that he did going into Miami and and stealing some fantastic both wide receiver and secondary talent. I think they did a fantastic job overall. Um, When I look at you know, when I look at the class and I say, is there anybody that's really standing out as is there any position, excuse me, that's standing out? This is a darn good class. And the great thing, though, guys, is if there is something, if I go back, look over it, or if there's something that the coaches even go back and look over it, I think they can really afford to be choosy at this point. Because between now and February, it can be, hey, we have only need to address, if we want to address, we only need to address like three or four maybe spots. And then we can go on to 2021 in the meantime. So it's a pretty solid scenario for me. So – in meeting or meeting those or addressing those needs is tight end. One of those needs that you think that they need to address by February. Cause we didn't no. pick up a tight end. I mean, and if you look at the scholarship uh, distribution list, I mean, uh, four of those guys are seniors or juniors and you got Chris Hickman there as a red shirt freshman. So there's no sophomores, you know, we're kind of getting to that point once, uh, especially after next year, we don't there's not any tight ends other than Chris Hickman there. Well, you do want to remember now, Chris Hickman, I think Chris Hickman could actually be another big body guy. But Rutgers transfer Travis uh, Vogelak is in the, in the in the pike here. And honestly, I think Jack Stoll did a fine job, but I think Travis could be gunning for his starting spot. Well, he he is a junior, though. So I'm just talking, you know, as we True. move forward. True. So now, I think that room's actually pretty full. Um, I honestly think that there might be somebody leaving out of that room, Ooh, but I think tight end was a I think tight end was a position they could afford to skip this cycle as opposed to again linebacker, um, of course wide receiver. They got their quarterback in Logan Smothers and so on and so forth. Okay, uh, Derek, do you think Nebraska met all their needs across the board there? Uh, yeah, yeah, for the most part. Uh, you know, we picked up five wide receivers, four of which were four stars. And that was a position that we talked about last year ad nauseum about how bad that position was. Uh, lack of depth has been a, a big concern there. Well, you just added five more guys. Now, I don't know. How, I, I, I'm hoping that maybe two or three of these guys maybe could come in and make an immediate impact. Uh, one of them for sure. And uh, we talked about Omar Manning. But uh, O-line, I, I guess we have a young offensive line. I know we picked up a lot last year. But everything we're picking up is tackles. And so I, what I'm curious is 
why are we not going after any guards or centers, especially centers? We're our only our center that we the only center we seem to trust right now is a tight end move to center. I will say though about that, Cam Jurgens, he as the season went on, did a Absolutely. fantastic job right. of 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 adjusting. Now, why doesn't Nebraska recruit centers is a great question. I've got a two part answer for you. The number of guys listed as straight up centers. It's extremely small versus other positions. What often happens is you go out and you find a guy in the interior like a guard, and Greg Austin's ability to to coach that is good enough. And we see Frost clearly believing in what he can do. They want plug-and-play guys across the line. I'm going to take you guys back even not to last season but the season prior when you had Tanner Farmer starting out as a guard and then slipping inside to center – And he ended up being in – he was the uh, offensive line in 2018 that was in on the most scoring plays of of anybody who came in, uh, first or second string. So you're looking at basically guys who are able to be moved up and down the line. So you're you're not going to see them necessarily go out and get a guy labeled as center. No doubt you will see that. But you'll often see them go for guys that can be – multi-purpose a guy like uh, a Bo Wilson or a Trent Hickson and both of them did not do particularly well this past season but they are guys that can be molded in that um, in that kind of image okay that's fair uh, hey Brandon what position groups improved the most after today's signing Definitely wide receiver, definitely linebacker across the board, which was, you know, as I've as I've already mentioned, and probably is uh, is getting kind of annoying to annoying for your listeners to hear. But yeah, no, linebacker was beautifully uh, addressed. Wide receiver, um, as you mm-hmm. said, was was addressed well. I think, of course, the the quarterback of the future, Logan Smothers. That guy, by the way, what a tough sob. This guy. Um, he had been through so much in the way of adversity going into the playoffs. He had just, if you haven't read the story, if you don't know about Logan Smothers, Mitch Sherman of the athletic did a great piece on him. Check it out. If you don't have a subscription, the athletic might be worth getting one just to read about Logan Smothers. But as far as, um, anyone else, I think they did a good job with the secondary, like with Jaden Francois and Henry Gray, who, by the way, Henry Gray, you want to talk about peer recruiter of the class. Henry Gray is your guy. He was out there on Twitter, no doubt working the DMs, no doubt on Instagram, no doubt on a Snapchat. Henry Gray, I don't know what's going to become of him. But when we look back and we say, okay, regardless of of, of who busts out and who's a guy and who's uh, a superstar, we can say, those superstars were probably affected by Henry Gray. So regardless of what he does at this point, uh, I, I think he deserves some props, at least today. Are you calling him the Keyshawn Johnson Jr. of this class? I dare say that I am. <laughs> well, I hope his uh, hope he sticks around longer. Yeah, <laughs> that would be that would be great. I think we have a fit boys. I think we have officially gone from Calabrasca to Florida, There it is. Stay All off right. the weed, man. Yeah. So. Here's the question for you, Brandon. Uh, now, you talked about the linebackers. You talked about the, the the filling in of the linebackers that we did all this recruiting on. Uh, according to 24-7, five of these guys are, are were named either weak side defensive end or strong side defensive end. 
how many of those are you anticipating actually being linebackers? And how many of them are you seeing moving up to defensive tackle? It's a good question. Like, like, like to me, Blaze Gunnarsson at 250 pounds already. Uh, I mean, at 6'5", 250 pounds, you probably move him up to the line, along with, uh, obviously, Jordan Riley. You're probably moving him inside to nose tackle at 330 pounds already. Well, Riley, uh, ju- Junior Aho is another one that probably you can move up to the line. But Nico Cooper and Jamari Butler, I think, are obvious outside backer guys. But When I do want to stress, too, that um, Aho has not signed yet. Correct. So we we can't necessarily say anything about him. But to answer the question, Gunnarsson, I see, is an outside linebacker because what we have to remember is that in the 3-4, you're dealing with a completely different size aspect. You're dealing with a completely different set of linebackers. You need a guy like Blaze Gunnarsson at 6'5", 250 on the outside because if you look at Wisconsin, what they've done over the years, they have had a guy like that on the outside towards the strong side, I believe of the line, but you need to have a big hoss like that. And on the, just like on the opposite side, you need a speed guy. So I think you're going to see these guys that you say, Oh wow, this guy would develop into a great defensive end. This guy would be a great edge rusher. There are going to be those edge rushers, but they're going to come from the outside linebacker position. Cause of course the job of the guys up front is just to take up space. Basically. Your nose guard. Yeah, they're 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 hole pluggers basically. Right, they're hole I mean. pluggers, and then of course you would you would love for your DNs to come free, which the Davis brothers did on multiple occasions, and you you want that as well. But the most of the damage that you're going to get, or that you want to get out of a three four, is going to come from your linebackers. So honestly, again, to to answer your question directly, I think most, if not all, of them, and um, Mr. Gunnarsson is definitely an individual that. I hope to see in that position uh, as an outside linebacker. He is a guy that can do some massive damage, uh, both literally and figuratively, to just about whatever an offensive coordinator wants to trot out. Yeah, I, I guess my thought with him was just you put him in that weight room for the next year and he puts 30 pounds on like a lot of freshmen tend to do. I, I, all of a sudden you're sitting at 280. I, no doubt, but think about defensive this. Defensive line size. I, I, what if he... It, what if he what if he cuts and then bulks? So what if let's say if he cut ten pounds of bad weight but puts fifteen pounds of muscle on, and then he's at two fifty five? You don't necessarily have to go like up that thirty pounds. I get what you're saying, and I, and you're right. It's like it seems like a freshman comes in, you know, freshman fifteen. Try freshman thirty if you're a football player, mm-hmm. but you don't necessarily have to you know have to gun for that. Oh, they're you know they have to put on a bunch of weight. Not necessarily the case, and that's not necessarily what. Um, Dave Ellis is going to have him do, I don't think, but I totally get your, get your point And, and more to the point that, uh, Riley at, at 330 pounds, it, it's pretty obvious where he's headed. I mean, you're not going to have a 330 oh, pound linebacker. Right. No, it, I haven't seen a lot of his film, but I can't imagine at 330 you're no. running a four, four, 40 no 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 i think if you i think if you're breaking uh i think if you're breaking five seconds you're doing a pretty good job at that point if you're three six five most likely yeah there's not very 330 pound guys that are breaking even four eight forties i don't imagine but so. hey if they are sign them up hey what did sue run though sue ran a hell of a 40 didn't he i will run i i will yeah. i will set records running away from sue <laughs> <laughs> Hey, guys, I want to talk about guys that are uh, going to make an instant impact. You guys named a few, but I want to talk about guys uh, that you think that will burn their red shirt next year. 
uh, and special teams does not count as making an impact here. Uh, Brandon, you had mentioned Omar Manning uh, before. Uh, talk about some of these other guys that you see as burning a red shirt. All right. Well, it was already mentioned. Sevian Morrison, love him. Yep. And Marvin Scott the third, love them both. Feel that there is a very good chance that both of them see plenty of minutes. Running back had to be addressed. You can't have Wandale Robinson getting his butt kicked over and over and over again. We saw what happened. You just yeah. you, you simply can't have it. So in come Sivian Morrison and Marvin Scott the third, and you have in them kind of an Adrian Killens type. With I believe Marvin Scott is more of that that look, whereas Sevian Morrison is, as you said, Morrison, excuse me, is a little bit more of a uh, little bit more of a bruiser. And I feel that, again, they like this one two punch because you look like with Dedrick Mills and Mo Washington, for example, great kind of thunder and lightning look or Dedrick Mills later in the season, Dedrick Mills and Wandale Robinson. But now I think you see Wandale move back towards that duck position. He'll still get his carries, but it'll be three to five versus 15 to 20. So Sevian Morrison and Marvin Scott, the third, absolutely Omar Manning. Uh, we talked a little bit about Jordan Riley as a, a Juco out of Garden City Community College. I can't see how he doesn't see some time. Um, I don't know that his red shirt will be. I, as a matter of fact, I, I don't believe he has a red shirt to burn for that matter. Um, I think he will definitely get the opportunity to see some snaps. And again, it is wide open for linebackers, dude, especially the Juco's like Jamari Butler, Ateva Malcolm Clements, Nico Cooper. All of those guys are going to be thrown into the fire. And it's going to be basically for guys like Caleb Tanner. Hey, dude, uh, we brought you in, but let's see if you're ready to really sink or swim amongst the guys that we are bringing in to basically be recruited over you. That's that's something that uh, the coaches have made very aware to these guys is that we like you. We wanted to bring you in, but we will actively recruit over you so that the cream will rise to the top. Yeah, that's Derek, what I appreciate. Derek, do you have anybody to add to that list? Uh, I, I think uh, another big name is Xavier Betts that could come in and make an instant impact. Now, I understand he's got some grades he's got to get up and he's going to sign in February. So you hope everything goes as planned there. But if he gets signed and we get him in here, I think I think he's a guy that can make an immediate impact. The only problem with him is I, if he's signed in February, I'm doubting, and with great issues, I'm highly doubting he's going to be an early enrollee, which means he's going to have to pick up the offense fairly fast. But he's another big-bodied receiver. He's 6'2". He's fast. I mean, everybody's seen this film. He's one of the fastest guys out in Nebraska that we've seen in a long time. Uh, I, if he can get here and he can make it, and pick up the offense fast enough. I really see. I think wide receiver, like you know, Brandon talked about the linebacker room being so wide open. I don't think there's any room more wide open than these wide receivers right now. Oh, absolutely. If Betts is able to get to campus, he will see time. He is just that good. There are those wonderful opportunities when you, as a coach, have a kid who is brand new. But he's so damn talented that you can't keep him off the field. That is Xavier Betts. Now, I'm not saying he's going to come on, come in and take over because you've got guys like Spielman, Robinson, Manning. But when you go to like a four or a five wide, that's where a guy like Xavier Betts can come in. And when you think about, OK, who's going to be those supplemental guys at the four spot and the five spot? 
you know, if you if you take the guys that are already there, you supplement a guy like Betts, it's just another headache to give a defensive coordinator. So I do agree that if he is able to uh, become academically eligible, and by the way, I'm not hearing anything that makes me think he won't be, um, I think he could definitely have an instant impact. You know, uh, it's it's going to be a long off season. One of the things that I really look forward to is because uh, we're going to try to guess what the depth chart is going to look like uh, here in the off season soon, right? Uh, guessing the two deep at wide receiver headed in next year. That's going to be it a got fun, a lot tougher, didn't it? It did. It, it really did. I mean, I don't know how that's going to look. I still think there's some red shirt guys in there like the Jamie Nance who could still make an impact. And there's Absolutely. still a lot of good receivers from last from last class that could make an impact. That just just because they didn't play last year as true freshmen a lot doesn't mean they can't be good as redshirt freshmen. Yeah, and you've got guys at wide receiver like uh, Alante Brown and Marcus Fleming. Both of them are early enrollees, so there's going to be a push there at wide receiver, and there definitely are some great talents that redshirted, um, but they're going to be pushed by these guys. And this again goes back to being recruited over. There's nothing wrong with that, you know. Shields, steel sharp and seal, excuse me, um, which is only going to benefit Nebraska down the line for what they for what they're looking to do. There were obvious problems at the wide receiver spot, not only in just lack of depth, but also um, the inability to basically help Adrian out. But at the same time, you're you're right. Uh, putting out an offensive depth chart this off season, especially like before you see anything remotely resembling a practice in April. Yeah. Good luck, guys. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Brandon, you mentioned early enrollees, so let's get yes. into that. How many early enrollees will there be in this class, and who are they? Quite a few, actually. Uh, Logan Smothers, uh, quarterback uh, quarterback of the future, Logan Smothers. Uh, awesome awesome kid, though. Seriously, read up on him. Uh, wide receivers, Alante Brown, uh, Brown and Marcus Fleming we talked about. Turner Cochran, uh, outside linebacker, Blaze Gunderson, and Ateva Maga Clements is going to be here uh, in Lincoln. Taman Lynham. Uh, for a uh, cornerback position is going to be in Lincoln. And then Jaden Francois and Henry Gray, peer recruiter uh, to the stars. Henry Gray is also going to be an early enrollee. So that's eight. Eight uh, total? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine. Okay. Wow, that's a lot. That is, uh, that's really good. That, that should make us spring practice look uh, oh, it'll more be fun. It'll be fun. Yeah. Think think about that quarterback battle though, seriously for a minute. When oh, you've I'm got not. when you've got Martinez, Vedral, McCaffrey, Smothers. I want to see that. I'm sorry, Mr. I, Butch. I want to see all of them play too. Like <laughs> I'm sorry, Mr. Butch. I, I, it, I, I was on I was on the uh, uh, bunch bunch for a while when he was out there and he was doing what he had to do. But nah, uh, he's in the transfer yeah. portal. Let him go. Yeah. See you later. Hey, dude, dude can dude can no doubt. Um, make some waves elsewhere, and that's totally fine. Yeah. Uh, Good I say. Well, let's talk about transfers for a second. Brandon, do you uh, expect to see any other transfers uh, yes. out of? Okay. Yes, I do. Honestly, guys, um, and this maybe I don't know. I don't know if this will come as a surprise. I could honestly see um, Noah Vedral uh, parting ways with Nebraska. Really. Yes, um, I not because one, not because I see him as a bad player. Quite the opposite, in fact. I think Noah, despite the relationship that he has with Scott, um, 
may see opportunity because he was able to go out and perform as well as he was, as well as he did, excuse me, I think he might say, hey, um, depending on what happens this spring, he might say, hey, I have the uh, at least put his name in. Maybe he doesn't necessarily get the bites that he wants, but I could see him at least putting his name in. And if he gets the right nibble, well, there you go. But as far as people I see probably leaving, Noah would be a, eh, I could see it, but probably not long for this roster. Jalen Bradley at running back, I, I don't I don't see him uh, cracking anything that either of the guys who got signed on uh, this cycle did. JVM McQuitty's a guy at wide receiver that I have been waiting and waiting and waiting for him to, but just been, I've been waiting for him to break out. It's like, dude, where are you? And he just has not broken out. Um, I don't think that he's particularly long for uh, the roster after April. Austin Allen out of the tight end room is a guy that I have, again, have been waiting for the uh, the twin towers of Austin Allen and Kurt Raftel were two guys that I just I mean, they're, they're both six foot six or, or, or taller. And I was like, I was waiting to see these guys in some sort of jumbo tight end package with Jack Stoll and it never really materialized. Allen had a couple of catches, but he wasn't consistent enough. And now we're seeing Raftel start to pass him up and you know, again, you've got Travis coming in and I got to one. I'm like, they're not going to stop recruiting tight ends at this point. I'm not sure that Austin Allen's going to be sticking around. And let me ask you guys a question. Did you know that Pernell Jefferson is still on the roster? I was just <laughs> asking somebody about that the other day. Did you know I he was no still clue. around? And I think, and again, no offense. I'm sure he's a wonderful guy. I'm sure he takes care of his, uh, I'm sure he takes care of everybody who's close to him, but where's he at? Because that would have to be a grad transfer. I mean, I mean, oh, totally. He's a senior. I mean, yeah, absolutely. But at the same time, senior almost, isn't he? I mean, going to be actually, I believe he's a junior. I think I'll be. I'm pretty sure he's going to be a senior this coming year. I swear he's a junior. Oh, okay. But it seems like he's been in Lincoln forever. I get that. But I swear he's a junior. So it's kind of like, uh, God, what was that running back that we had? He, he, he played great as a freshman, and he just hung Tell around. Well, the other guy that was with him. He was a four-star. Uh, my God. Well, let's uh, see. Four-star running back bust. You're going to have to help me out a little bit here. Oh, you're, yeah, that's very true. But, Aaron uh, Green. Uh, t- uh, Aaron was five, too. Taylor. Well, he went down to TCU and did some decent stuff, but yeah. anyway, I have it. I have it written down in some of my notes around here. But anyway, uh, well, while you're while you're trying to figure that out, so I lost interest. He never panned out. Brandon, I want to talk about the rumor, the rumor in Husker Nation oh, that everyone wants to buy into. Oh boy! And I want to ask, did this recruiting class help if? J.D. Spielman transfers because everyone seems to think he wants to go to Minnesota back home. I don't see him fitting in there. I can't see him leaving the school where he's good. He's almost breaking every single record for a receiver. Uh, but there's still a lot of speculation out there. People think he's going to leave. So well, do you think he would leave? And if he did, do you feel comfortable enough with these receivers coming in 
Now, losing him would be okay. Like, you obviously don't want to lose him, but... I don't think that you can say that losing the first receiver to have 800 yards uh, over three years' time, I I can't see saying losing him is okay. Um, But can I see him leaving? I mean, who knows? I mean, technically... He is NFL ready. I'm, you know, in terms of not, excuse me, not NFL ready, NFL eligible. Let me just clarify that real quick. Um, if he wanted to go that route, I would not encourage him to go that route. I obviously, in my humble opinion, dude needs more seasoning, uh, but he's a fantastic college receiver. Would obviously love to see him in Lincoln. And here's the thing, guys, that was actually brought up and I need to, I need to underscore this brought up unprompted by coach frost in his uh, 3 p.m press conference about uh the national signing day the wide receiver room was brought up unprompted he brings up jd spielman and lavishes him with praise so i have to wonder you know there's been a lot of speculation um i have opined about that over at athlon sports www.alaces.com um <laughs> but do i do i think he's going to leave i mean I don't really have anything indicating that would be the case. Um, obviously, he could transfer. He has the opportunity. He would be, I think, a very valued commodity um, if he wanted to go. You know, I, you want to talk about the rumor and innuendo. If he wanted to go to Minnesota, and obviously there's there's loopholes and everything that need to be jumped through there for him to even uh, participate immediately. But well, he, he would almost have to redshirt to go there, yeah. wouldn't he? I mean, with him going feasibly. in conference, yeah, with with him going in conference, I, I don't see that. I don't see how, why he would do that. But I mean, I look at it this way, those guys, and I'm not trying to feed into the I'm not trying to feed the rumor or anything like that. I mean, if a relationship just with a program, if you're not if you're not enjoying yourself in a program, you're going to want to leave. That goes for anybody for a superstar or a scrub. If you're not having a good time. Um, and you're just coasting by that's okay for some guys, but for others, they're just ready to go do their own thing. Kind of what I inferred with Noah Vedral again, not saying he will do it, but saying I could see him doing it because he does have talent. Um, and I actually was talking with, um, Brian Wilson, who used to play the university of Nebraska. And he said before the season began that he saw Vedral, um, surplanting Martinez at one point. And sure enough, what happened so yeah. now we, we, had, we had him on the show after he put that tweet out. There you yeah, go. We've had, we've had, we've had Brian Wilson's a good friend of our show. Yes. Brian, we've had Brian, him on a few times. He's an awesome guy. Um, he is an awesome guy. We, we love Brian. But yeah, I mean, without, without tap dancing around it anymore, I, I don't see him leaving after, especially after just the, the unprompted praise that coach Frost gave to him uh, during the press conference. He would be, he would be the kind of loss that Stanley Morgan was. He would be that much of an impact. Now, that being said, could you take the wide receivers from this past class and this class and make something positive from it? Absolutely, you could. Do you want to have to? Absolutely not. And I think you guys agree with me on that. I think. No, I, I absolutely. You don't want to have to do that. Uh, I, I, my, my, my concern was a little more with transferring than going pro i he I, I agree with you i don't think he's there yet i think he still needs a little seasoning uh 
the one thing he does have is daddy's up there at Minnesota for the Vikings. Maybe, maybe mom says, Hey, you better draft my son or <laughs> you're sleeping on the couch. I mean, yeah, I don't there's know. There's going to be a little problem there if you don't have a seventh round pick. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I, I just, I don't think he fits into Minnesota's uh, offense, not the Vikings, but the Gophers. Uh, I, I don't think he fits in their offense real well. They they like the really big body receivers like the Tyler Johnsons and, the, and these other guys. Uh, so I don't see him fitting in there tro- totally well. Plus, I don't see a scenario where you want to go sit out a year after being a stud for three years. And I, even if there's a possibility you could play immediate, unless you know for sure you're going to play immediately, I don't understand why you'd risk having to sit out a year. Yeah, and let me play Satan's attorney here for a minute, too. Um, if I, if I was going to do that, I would need, uh, I would need notice. I would need assurance that I was going to play, that I could get whatever waiver I needed to be able to play next season, not sit out, not, uh, sit to the side while other people have their day in the sun. No, I want mine and I want it now. So if that situation is lined up for him and he is not happy, sure. I could see him taking it. Do I believe that that's the situation? I do not. Well, that's the thing about J.D. Spielman. How, how do you ever know if that guy's happy? That's a good question because <laughs> J.D. does not uh, does not come talk, out and talk to the he media. Doesn't, he doesn't so he doesn't socialize with the, with the media. He doesn't. We he's don't, just we don't quiet get to see to his his boy. That's just his personality. His and it's okay. Yeah, no, no, no. It's totally cool. I am I am an introvert. I get it. Um, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. But that's just the problem is when you have no data to go by when you have nothing to go on rumor and innuendo is really easy to be like well gee does he want to go would he want to go that's the problem is without having uh coach frost come out and say no absolutely not he says he's not going to it's kind of a thing where you gotta wait till he actually shows up in pads i guess yeah hey again rumors y'all love them yes all right, one more thing before we uh, move on here. I want to talk about Isaac Gifford a sec, uh, real quick. Can you explain the blue shirt to us, Brandon? Yes. The way the blue shirt works is you basically you basically wait for a short period of time, and then when fall comes around, uh, you are then put on scholarship. Largely what it's about is for the sake of numbers, uh, scholarship numbers. Of course, you're only allowed the 85 um, and ultimately what it lets you do as a coach is it lets you bring on a guy that you want to have on your roster, uh, largely probably so somebody else doesn't, and, and, um, whether that be an Iowa and Iowa State or even losing to an Ohio or a Wyoming or even an FCS school, if you want to look at that. Colorado State was big on him, I think. Colorado State. They, he had D1 opportunities, or excuse me, FBS opportunities. Absolutely. So – Basically, what it allows you to do is you're basically kind of a walk-on light. For a period of time, you you know pay your own way. Uh, you were you were technically not on a scholarship, but then uh, come the fall, in Isaac's instance, um, he is going to have his spot, and that's that's basically just a way where where Scott can say, hey. We want you. We want you to be a part of this team. We want you to be taken care of. Will you do us a solid? And kind of go about your own thing for a little while, and then we'll put you on. And a lot of guys in um, in Gifford's situation will be amiable to that. And he is a heck of an athlete. We we saw that. Uh, I don't know if well, I don't know if you guys saw on Twitter. I'm on there because I have to be. But and not not that I don't love interacting with each and every one of you listening. But <laughs> but 
Um, but yeah, I was on there and Luke, obviously his, his brother, uh, playing for the, for the Cowboys, I believe, uh, was on there really rallying the charges saying he, Oh, you got to get this guy. You got to get this guy. And I mean, um, from all of his measurables and from everything that he allegedly can do, um, sounds like a heck of an athlete and the kind of guy that in this scenario you want to bring on. And if this is a situation that is like, yeah, I can, I can kind of chill to the side for a little bit as long as I, you know, as long as I get my, uh, my stuff taken care of me. I get my swag like everybody else come, come the fall. Absolutely. Brandon, how uh, many times will you call Isaac Gifford, Luke Gifford over the next four years? Well, here, here's the better bet. How many times will you do that compared to Justin calling Christian McCaffrey, Luke McCaffrey? Oh, that's a good one too. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm actually pretty good about it because I just, I hammer it home again and again and again and again. Um, I will probably do it because I'm human and I am, um, not infallible and I make mistakes and I get tired and, um, I don't drink, but I do get plenty tired. So, but even if I didn't no, I mean, that's just the thing with, um, with legacies, you know, how yeah. many times did you call Bo Barrett? How many times did you call Jason Christian? How many times, you know, how many times did you call uh, Tracy Grant? How many times do people today call Tracy Grant? You know, it's just kind of the just kind of the way it goes. I remember our very first podcast that we ever did. Derek referred to Tommy Armstrong as Tommy Frazier. And he got so hammered on that podcast. I mean, it was. Oh, it was. But to be be fair, we're getting off on a tangent here. But but to be fair, that was like the third time we recorded. And I was probably a little tipsy by then not gonna i'm not gonna <laughs> lie so for those who aren't uh who aren't visually with us right now you uh you are imbibing with uh yeah. alcoholic libations is is that what's going maybe on maybe a little maybe I mean, a little you are drinking beer maybe bourbon one or two bourbon excuse whoa look at this woodford Classy reserve joints. the best for the podcast hey yeah, sh- we don't get paid place. by them oh yeah that's that's get true my smoking jacket out. <laughs> <laughs> all right Hey, uh, all right. Final question about recruiting that we got to right. move on here. Uh, Brandon, how would you grade this 2020 recruiting class? Uh, yes, here we go. Um, I'll tell you what, guys. Um, if they would have gotten, let's say, Caden Johnson, if they would have gotten Miles Slusher, that would have been amazing. Um, I can be a bit of a stickler, and I'm going to be in this instance. So I think in that scenario, it's an A+. Plus. I think I can give this a solid A and be happy with it. Okay. Derek? I'm a little tougher on them, I guess. Mm. Uh, I I think if you're going to give out an A+, you have to pick up at least one five-star. Fair. Uh, But but no, no, no A+, though, from on this end. We're going with a straight A. No, I get it. I get it. But I think they can be considered for an A+. You at least have to get one five-star. Yeah. The recruiting rankings are Slightly worse than last year, just by a smidge. So I'm going to give him an A minus. Where last year I probably gave him an A. I don't think it's terribly different, but I'll go A minus. I think it's a really good class. I think it's a great stepping stone, and I think you can win a lot of games with some A minus players. If I may, if if I if I may, um, honestly, guys, I use no hyperbole when I say that. I believe this class to be the best since Callahan's fabled 2005 class. I agree. I mean, I'm like, I'm solid A, if not A plus, just based off of 
10 four stars. Did you guys really think that was going to happen two weeks ago? In 10 oh. days? No, I did not. No, there was no I, I chance that. in hell. The way, but, but, but two weeks ago, off, you'd have given us an F, Justin. So, yeah. I, I, I think 10 days ago, today. I would have said C, C minus. But there, hey, props to everybody all around, whether it's Coach Frost, Held, Fisher. They did a tremendous job, and I think that's 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 part of why I say, yeah, you know what, I feel good giving this class an A. Just how hard they had to come out and say, hey, you know what, yeah, we're nine and fifteen over the past two years, but and then whatever they tell kids, and then they get this. So sure, <laughs> you th- yeah. definite thumbs up. Give them give them all the money. Give them whatever they need. Uh, especially, I want to say to you guys. Um, Coach Held and Coach Fisher both uh, highly underrated dudes need raises. Yeah. Hey, I, I'm going to say this. I've been the hardest. Uh, I've been the toughest on the staff over this po- on this podcast over the last year. You know, it was a tough season for all Husker fans. You know, we had high expectations and we just didn't see it on the field on Saturdays. So I was always saying that I'm not going to buy into any hype in the off season. I was like, I don't know what we're going to talk about through the off season because there's really nothing to look forward to, but you know what? After a recruiting class like this, dude, I, I'm not going to lie. My, I'm, I have a little bit more optimism headed into the off season and I'm not going to try. I'm going to try to, uh, stop it from getting to my head too much, but man, it, it's hard not to be super excited about this and the direction. And it's and Derek, he's kind of smirking over here because he knows how big of an asshole I've been, you know, talking about the staff. I mean, I've been that, I've been tough on hey, him. that beer flavored Kool Aid tastes good, don't it? <laughs> I think that What's I think I think he said bourbon, didn't he? Yeah, he's drinking beer too. Don't let him fool you. Oh, yeah, okay. I, I, I mix it up. See. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm solid A, A plus. I mean, this was awesome. Uh, Brandon, can they pick up any more players? How many more players can they pick up in, by February? Well, they signed 20. That means uh, the the number 26 has been thrown on as a hard cap. So, what you're probably going to want to do? What you're probably going to want to do? No, seriously. What what they're likely going to do is keep a couple spots open for the transfer portal. So if they go out and they find, let's say three, maybe four guys, they like a lot and they probably will, they'll go ahead and and use those spots, but they'll definitely keep probably two or three open for the portal, depending on how they want to massage the numbers. Okay. Well, uh, next, uh, first week of February, I guess you'll have to come back and see how this uh, shapes up then, right? Absolutely. I would love to. All right. Uh, Let's move on to Nebraska ball. But first, we need to take a quick break to hear from another great podcast on the Big Heads Media Network. If you're like me, then every Saturday in the fall is the best day of the week for you. There's nothing like waking up, turning on the TV, and getting ready for a whole day of college football action. Whether you're watching from the stadium or from the couch that day, there's still nothing like the excitement that builds as you wait for your favorite team to take the field. The problem, though, is that for most, this excitement only comes on Saturdays. Here at the Flagship Football Show... We think every day should be College Football Saturday. That's why the flagship team works all week to bring you the best recaps, previews, interviews, topics, and discussions on all things Ole Miss football. Tune in every Wednesday for our new episode on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. And follow us on Twitter at FlagshipFBShow and on Facebook at The Flagship Football Show to keep up with all our coverage. And remember to stay with us every single Wednesday all year as we bring you everything you need to know 
about the flagship university in Mississippi on the flagship football show. All right, let's talk Nebraska ball. You know, it's funny because uh, me, Derek, and Tyler, we were talking a couple weeks ago, the way that this team was looking, we're like, what are we going to be talking about in the offseason? Are we going to be talking about Nebraska ball? The answer was like, we don't want to talk about it because they were looked god awful out there. It was rough. Getting blown out. Yeah, they're rough. But, you know, all of a sudden, last week, you know, we enter Big Ten play. You know, they're now five and six on the season. They took Indiana to overtime at, and they were 17 point underdogs that came up short. But, you know, hell of a run. They whooped up on Purdue 70 to 56. They were 12 and a half point underdogs in that one. Brandon, does this change your expectations on the season? You know, it probably shouldn't, but I'm scared to say that it might. But I'll tell you what, after seeing the start from where they are, just a handful of games into the season. Wow. Is Fred Hoiberg worth all that money? But yeah, I mean, state of Indiana, thank you very much for coming along when you did, because I I mean, I looked, I watched the Indiana game, right? And it was 40 to 39 Indiana at the half. And then Nebraska outscores them 43 to 42 in the second half, taking it to overtime. And I mean, Deshaun Burke had 25 points. Hannah Cheatham had 21 points. I mean, they played extraordinarily well, mm-hmm. but they, they fell short in overtime. Okay. But you know what? Looked at that and said, this is a team that I can definitely sit down and enjoy. And then along comes Purdue. And I'm expecting probably roughly the same thing. Instead, 34 to 23 at the half. Win the second half, 36 to 33. Oh, and by the way, Cam Mack has the first triple double in the history of ever for Nebraska ball. And yeah. Kevin Cross comes in off the bench with 7.7 rebounds and three assists. And I'm like, what the heck? This, you know, honestly, this is this was my, my expectations for this year were zero. And I think it's honestly healthy to go into each and every game saying, you know what, um, I don't like moral victories, but I want to watch a team that competes and that looks like it wants to be on the field or on the field. Good God, Brandon, come on, smack um, on the court. And and that's what I'm starting to see. And interestingly enough, it comes after, you know, one player is out. Javay Green, no, indefinitely suspended. And now they're winning games by 14 points. So I guess at this point, suspend more players. But seriously, <laughs> seriously, though, it I am not really amending it. It's, I'm kind of going into it with that same. I just want to see. I, I, I And I think this is what Coach Hoiberg wants to see is a team that wants to be out there that is working together. Because, again, most of these guys were just individuals. They were not a team. They are still incredibly young on the surface. So my expectations, I'm just going to kind of sit back and enjoy when they come and bite teams that don't expect them to. Because, I mean, in a way, there are going to be teams from the Big Ten that come along and they come into Lincoln and they're going to have an off day and Nebraska is going to be on and that place is going to be jumping as we know it can do. And that's going to be it for who knows. Do I want to say Ohio State? Do I want to say Michigan, Michigan State? Here's my question. Why not? Yeah. Before I turn this over to Derek, I just want to point out here, 
Over the next couple of weeks, Nebraska has games against North Dakota and Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Two very, very winnable games. And with that, they're 5-6 and six right now. They could have a winning record headed into conference play when that heat starts, up at, uh, starts back up in January. I mean, shoot, man. A few weeks ago, we were talking that, you know, we didn't think that uh, Nebraska would have double-digit wins this year. But they damn well could be 7-6, and six and, you know, they're trending up. A lot of there's a lot there. I mean, I'm, I'm aboard. I'm aboard the Hoyberg train. Derek, go ahead. What are your thoughts? I'll play negative, Nancy. Uh, they got lucky. They got they lucky got that lucky. the referees didn't <laughs> put them on the damn free throw went line. in because of the wind. Now, I I no. totally get it. I totally. No, I mean, get really, it. they're they're lucky there was no fouls called in that Purdue game. Period. Like they just let them play. They was I don't know where the referees were. I didn't see a lot of fouls per se, but if Nebraska goes a free throw line, we're done. We we're three hundred forty six out of three hundred fifty teams in free throw percentage shooting because we we apparently can't hit a free throw to save our lives. Uh, we are also three hundred forty ninth out of those three hundred fifty teams in uh, rebound margin because we can't get a damn rebound and. Those are things that are going to start killing this team that have killed this team. And they looked really good against Purdue. I get it. They looked really good against Indiana. And that's great. That's great. But apparently it wasn't enough to convince Donovan Williams to stay committed to this team. He left. He was a four-star that we had coming out of Nebraska that we couldn't even keep in state. Because he doesn't seem to like where this program is going, I guess. We lost DeAndre Davis earlier in the year. Another four-star guy. Uh, <clears throat> look, guys, it, what we've done is good, but don't put any stock into it yet. I want more than a two-game series to say that we've turned this thing around. Damn it, Derek. This is why this podcast can't have nice things, because yeah. somebody always has to be negative here, man. Well, he's not, he's not wrong. You do want to see a bigger data sample, and I, I get it. I really, really do. And, again, that kind of comes back down to my um, – you know what? I'm just going to take it one game at a time and see what they have to see. Ultimately, I can see him having, if they had 13 wins, if they had double digit wins, I'd feel pretty good about it. Um, and I think that might be where they end up. Well, and, and, and here's the other thing, like uh, Fred Hoiberg type of team is going to be a fast paced offense. So he's going to be, he's going to be a Scott Frost of basketball. He wants to outscore everybody. Well, if you're going to outscore everybody, you're going to have to shoot better than 43.3% your field goal percentage. So you're going to have to start shooting better. You're going to start shooting free throws better. Uh, it's just, it'll come in time. I'm not, I'm not shitting on Fred Hoiberg. I think he'll be fine in the long run. I'm just not putting a lot of stock in this year. I do think they did look crisper at the, um, at the free throw line the past two games though. And again, need a bigger data sample. I get it. Don't come at me like that, but, <laughs> but no, it's, but is it not fun to watch this team now? If nothing else, Oh, is it not I, fun? I, I've made that comment to Justin several times. Watching this, watching this offense compared to Tim Miles struggling to play defense and score forty points a game, is uh, much more enjoyable, much more entertaining to watch. Uh, yeah. But it's got to, it's got to start clicking because I, I don't like watching no us doubt. lose either. No doubt. Yeah, well, I mean, it's fun we, to see him take all those shots. It's even better, you know, when, when they make, make them. them. It's fun when they go in. <laughs> yeah, it's even better. All right, guys, uh, any final thoughts on uh, tonight, recruiting or basketball? 
All right. Well, let's get into our last call segment. No topics are off limits. Derek, we're going to start with you. Last call to you. All right. Uh, I'm not used to going first here. Where's Tyler? Oh, that's right. He had to take the week off. Uh, What a slacker. He takes two weeks off. Well, yeah, he is a slacker. Uh, I'm going to take my last call into uh, the Heisman Trophy and what a joke that's become. I think the last, like, three or four years, it's not even a guess. Like, midway through the season, you know who's winning this award. There's no point in even having the awards ceremony. Don't play it on on ESPN because it's a waste of time. Uh, you know what? It, it, Chase Young, if he can't get more votes out of, to get him out of fourth place, because he deserved to get a little bit of respect, Amen, and he bro. got shit on. And it was just terrible. I'm disappointed in the voters. I'm disappointed in ESPN. I'm disappointed in the Heisman. And uh, that's it. That's all I got. All right. Thoughts, Brandon? On that or in general? (laughs) No, I totally (laughs) thought. Yeah, I know. I totally thought that. uh, I mean, because Chase Young came in second for AP Player of the Year, which to me made sense. I honestly that's thought fine. that's how the Heisman should have yeah. shaken out. But again, uh, his greatest sin was playing defense. So we, we all know how that goes down. I guess getting suspended probably don't help you. Yeah, but. well, there was that too. Yeah, so. yeah, I will say Joe Burrow winning the Heisman Trophy wasn't a shock. I mean, the, every everybody knew that he was going to win it. He was the obvious candidate. So, yeah, there was nothing interesting about it. I, What's that, Derek? It's become such a joke that we don't even have as a topic. We do it as a last call now. This used to always be a topic on our show. Like, we'd talk about the Heisman, and it's become such a joke that we're just like, yeah, throw in a last call. Give it honorable mention. All right, last call to you, Brandon. Ooh, fun. Last call going out to my boy Terrence Bud Crawford, pound for pound, the best boxer in the world. Floyd, come out of retirement. You know you want some of this. Wow, I'll tell you what. It was a heck of a fight, folks. If you enjoy boxing, watching him work is always a treat. It was interesting, though, this time around, uh, typically Bud likes to stretch things out and kind of dissect his opponents. But uh, this time around, he did not have that opportunity um, as he took a couple of shots and he kind of had to get out of that. And he was uh, was talking in his opponent's ear and everybody's saying, you know what? Here I come, buddy boy. You better be you better be ready to deal with the pain. Um, but in the end, uh, Bud comes away a winner and looking forward to the next fight. And interestingly enough, he was saying uh, he was talking to Andre Ward in um, kind of a, a little documentary back and forth. They were talking and he feels comfortable, I guess, if he wants to be done. He feels comfortable saying uh, I'm a Hall of Fame uh, Hall of Fame guy today. Now. He's not going to be doing this for much longer, um, but I'll tell you what, it is a fun fight to watch as a Bud Crawford fight, and uh, if he happens to come through Nebraska again, you better believe I'm going to find a way to get in that building. You know what I love about Bud Crawford? Most of his fights are on like free TV, just cable yes. TV. It's, you don't have to shell out big bucks for the pay-per-view. He's had a couple, but I tell you what, you know, I, I saw that segment with Andre Ward. And where he's talking about, you know, he thought that he was a Hall of Fame candidate. And you can't argue that. But you know what? In the second round there, he did get knocked down and they called it a slip. Yep. Dude got uh, knocked down. He took a knee. Yep. And uh, so the referee missed that one. But, yeah, that was a great fight. I didn't think it was going to be as good of a fight as it was. It was solid entertainment. 
No, I thought he'd just rope it up as he usually does and then dissect him about the eighth round, give or take. And But, hey, uh, as uh, as Bud said, you know, need a little bit of entertainment there. And, hey, in the end, just another W. Yeah, well, I, I I bet the under in rounds on that Bud Crawford Ooh. fight, and I tell you what, that was you get that, <laughs> yes, barely, barely, yeah. it was eight and a half rounds there, nice. and very good, forty five seconds. Yeah, beat it by a smidge. All right, uh, the best part about Bud Crawford is his uh, representation of Husker Nation. He had the uh, Nebraska N on his mouthpiece. He had the the uh, black shirt logo on his shorts and his uh, robe. Uh, he got knocked down. He's probably lucky he didn't end up losing that fight the way he was toying around. Uh, I'm glad he came out to win. It wasn't the best fight of the night. It was a good fight, but Lopez was the best fight of the night, and he knocked his, he knocked Comey out hard, and it was that was much more fun to watch. Lopez was the best fight of the night, but you know what? Like I said, uh, I love watching a Bud Crawford fight. It was, it was not what I expected. And I didn't expect to get, I didn't expect to get knocked out. I certainly did not expect that at least yeah. that early. Um, but it was entertaining to see um, out of the gate bull in a China shop, Bud Crawford versus what we usually get. That was fun to see. Yeah. All right. My last call goes out to college football returning this week. We have nine games between Friday and Monday. And that includes a 2020 Husker opponent of Central Michigan. They'll square off against San Diego State. Also, two ranked teams will play, Boise State and Appalachian State. So it's going to be a good weekend of college football, too. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. Who are you guys having those? Ooh. Uh, Well, Central Michigan. I'm, I'm actually rooting for Central Michigan here. I agree. Give me the Chippewas and give me Appy State versus Boise. Well, Boise State and Appalachian State, they don't play each other. But Oh, I'm terribly sorry. Gosh. Yeah. Boise State, they uh, – shoot, I didn't even write down what their opponents were. Uh, anyway, but but they do play. Still, Look for those top 25 teams. Tell you what, I'm still very high. I, I'll tell you what, if Appy State and Boise did play, I'd still take Appy State. Yeah, there you go. Good, good pick there. There we go. Derek, what do you think? Go San Diego State. What? <laughs> Hell yeah. You a big Spartan fan? Central Michigan bastards. Spartan. God, God. Come on, dude. All right. Well, okay. Well, I want to root for a team that's going to be playing us next year. I want him to go down on a blow note and come in next year sucking balls. Oh, you th- you think there's going to be that long hangover, basically? Well, yeah. I mean, okay. hangovers always last hangovers? a year. Right? Yes, they do. Well, do they? Well, Sometimes. it depends on who you the talk to. The good ones to, do, I guess. I guess. The, the, our us veteran drinkers can usually get over it pretty quick. Yeah, don't need, don't need reserve. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know what the next is going to be for. <laughs> All right. Thoughts, Brandon. Thoughts in general. Um, definitely. You know what? College football. She's almost over for yet another year, but definitely looking forward to the bowls. Um, I wrote my preview about the cure bowl this year, which is Georgia Southern versus Liberty an interesting matchup for you um but i i don't know the bulls are the the bulls are in that i um i have to find the matchups i like and i one that i think is low-key legit guys is the liberty bowl between kansas state and navy i think that's going to be scary good that'll be a good game right there i was really impressed with what navy did to army uh, yeah that wow that was that was a 
treat, especially for Navy uh, Navy fans like myself um, that had been on the wrong side of that stretch uh, for for so long. But wow, uh, that was a treat to watch. Yeah, Derek and I were both in the army, and so yeah, you know, be, we kept being an army boy, I was rooting for army, but. Hey, yeah, Navy my, won me money. My dad. Yeah, but we were betting. Soul. But we bet Navy in that game. <laughs> oh, I see. I see where your loyalties lie. Bunch of degenerates. Well, it's all about the Benjamins. Uh, all right, it's we got to get out of here. Uh, Brandon, thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, this is a lot of fun. Uh, you know, follow Brandon on Twitter at Eight Laces. I'm sure everybody. That listens to the show is already following you, but uh, yeah, we'll see about that. <laughs> if, they keep, <laughs> if they if they keep following me after this, I will consider that a win. Um, and again, guys, if you want to, uh, if you need another Twitter follow, uh, locked on Huskers, we will have all of the news and uh, and notes about that coming in the near future. So if you want to listen to the podcast, the promo is out there, and any day now, episode one. Awesome! Can't wait. All right, special thanks to Connor Russell for putting this audio together for us. Be sure to follow the Husker Cuzcast on Twitter, at Husker Cuzcast. Like us on Facebook. Look for our episodes on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and now BigHeadsMedia.com. Rate, review, and subscribe. On behalf of Derek and Brandon, we want to thank everybody for listening. We'll be back next week. See you then. And as always, go Big Red. Third.